Welcome to Passage to Wonderland, literary passages to complete your day. This is a tense and powerful story called Rubber, part of a collection of short stories called Step. Award-winning writer Deborah Ellis had the compelling idea of looking at children around the world as they turn 11 and exploring the step they take into their futures. Each child is changed in ways both big and small, as in the case of Oma in the story Rubber. Oma has been 11 years old for 17 minutes. There is just enough moonlight in the cove for her to see the small fleet of rubber rafts and the big crowd of people waiting to get on them. It's just a short boat ride, Father says. Rich people on holiday cruise this sea all the time. Oma has seen the pictures. For rich people, the sea is glass green and the sky is a clear bright blue. For her family, the sea is a dark, crashing monster ready to swallow them up. They probably pay less for their trip than what this one is costing us, says Mother. Then remembering her promise to stay positive, she adds, We will have a wonderful view of the stars once we're out on the water. Do you think we'll see a falling star? asks Komen, Oma's nine-year-old brother. When her parents don't answer, Oma looks up and sees the crease in her father's forehead and the tightening of her mother's lips. I'll see one before you do, she says, answering for them. The four of them stand on the ridge a moment, listening to the sounds of the water and the people. We're not going to get to Europe by standing around in scratchy beach grass, mother says. She grabs hold of Oma's hand. Oma is far too old to hold her mother's hand, but she doesn't pull away. With father holding on to Komen and mother holding on to father and Oma, they make their way down the ridge and onto the beach. On the sand, smugglers wave flashlight beams like searchlights, making the darkness darker and momentarily blinding Oma in swift brightness. She stumbles over a rock. Mother's strong arm keeps her from falling. They go from flashlight carrier to flashlight carrier, looking for the smuggler who has their names on his list. They finally find him standing in front of two rubber boats pulled up on the sand. Family of four? The man says, popping a piece of gum in his mouth. Oma smells a hint of peppermint, then the wind from the sea takes it away. The smuggler stares at Oma and her brother. You said they were small. They are, says father. They're nearly grown. They'll take up more room. That will cost you more money. Oma feels her mother's grip on her hand tighten. We have already given you a great deal of money, Dad says. More money now, or one of the children stays behind, the smuggler says. Or take both children and leave your wife, or you stay back. You think it matters to me? Decide now. The smuggler holds out his hand. Father takes off his wristwatch. It is a good watch, a present from his grandfather for graduating university. 
Oma knows the family was hoping to sell it in Europe to pay for food. The smuggler shines the flashlight on the watch, then pushes it onto his own wrist. Better with me than at the bottom of the sea, eh? His laugh sounds like a dog snorting. He tosses them four life jackets. Stay in this spot. We're loading soon. Soon does not feel like soon to Oma. She and Coleman stand as close as they can to each other and to their parents. They listen to the smuggler take more payment from all the other families who are booked onto his boats. Ajmal! Ajmal! A man runs up to Oma's father with his family in tow. Fadil! Oma recognizes the family. They used to live two streets over in their old neighborhood. There are hugs all around. Back home, Oma never really liked this family. Their things were always slightly better than her family's things. Their kids were always slightly better dressed, and Oma thought that made them a bit stuck up. But here, in this strange place, she is very glad to see them. You are on these two boats? Fadil asks Oma's father. Yes, well, one of them. You should split the family up, Fadil says. That's what we are doing. Some in one boat, some in another. That way, if the sea is rough, well, better chance at least some of us will make it. I don't know, says Oma's father. Trust me, it's the best way. Oh, our boats are boarding. See you on the other side. As God wills it, Oma's father calls after them. Oma's father and mother look at each other. Oma is afraid they will make a decision she doesn't like. So she pipes up, All of us together! Her brother nods fiercely. Her parents nod more slowly. All of us together, they agree. Father takes two handfuls of strong cord out of his pocket and hands one to Oma's mother. They practice this so Oma knows what to expect as mother ties one end of the cord around Oma's wrist and the other end around her own. Father does the same with Oma's brother. If the cord breaks once we land, stay where you are, Father reminds them. We will come to you. There might be a crush of people and we don't want to lose you. The smuggler calls out, Get on the boats! People rush to pile on. The round, smooth, wet sides of the inflatable dinghy are difficult to climb over. Oma helps her mother, and they both fall back against other passengers. They write themselves up, apologize to those they slammed into, and are slammed into themselves by even more people piling on. Someone bops Oma in the head. She turns around to see her brother, making one of his ugly faces at her. Father is beside him. She makes an ugly face back at her brother, then grins at them both. She is glad they are close. The dinghy is pushed out to sea. The waves are big. It only takes three of them for the woman next to Oma to throw up. Oma is packed in so tight, she can't even move her arms to wipe the vomit from her knees. She has been 11 years old for two hours and 35 minutes. Are we there yet? Oma hears her brother's question. She knows he is asking their father, 
but some stranger answers. If we were there, would we still be in this boat? I just wondered if we were getting close. I've got enough to worry about without having to listen to children whining, says the stranger. Keep him quiet, or he'll be the first one overboard. Keep quiet yourself, Oma hears an old woman calling out to him. You're not the mayor of anything anymore. I am still the mayor of... Your town has been bombed into garbage, says the old woman. You want to be mayor of Garbage Town? Go ahead. Go on back. But on this boat, you're just another person. Leave the boy alone. All of you, shut up, the smuggler yelled. You didn't pay me enough to have to listen to you? Oma's father touches her shoulder, and she leans back to listen to him say quietly to her and her brother, I think we should reach Europe by morning. The crossing is only supposed to take a few hours. Oma looks to her right. They are heading north, so right is where the east should be. The sky is a little lighter over there, she thinks. Maybe it is already morning somewhere. Oma has been 11 years old for four hours and 56 minutes. Someone's coming! Oma sees a bright light from the west getting closer and closer. We're getting turned back! No! We're being rescued! The population of the boat is divided about what is going on. With so many people bigger than her, Oma has a hard time seeing anything. Then she does. A real boat, not one made of rubber, pulls up alongside theirs. It is twice as long as their dinghy and three times as high, with a cabin on top. The men on the bigger boat turn on spotlights, making everyone in the dinghy wriggle to free their arms to shield their eyes. Get up your jewelry. One of the men orders over a loudspeaker. We want it all. Rings, necklaces, bracelets, passports too, and wallets. Get it all out. Men hop from the larger boat onto Oma's, making the dinghy rock from side to side. There is screaming. Oma hears slapping. She sees the smuggler helping the thieves, then taking the motor off the dinghy and lifting it onto the larger boat. The thieves push and shove as they steal from everybody. They yank mother's thin gold chain right off her neck. It had been her mother's and her grandmother's before that. They grab Oma's hair to look for earrings. She screams and tries to pull away. The man hits her in the head and moves on to someone else. With everyone robbed, the thieves and the smuggler leave the dinghy and sail away into the pistol-gray dawn. Oma has been 11 years old for 6 hours and 19 minutes. Dawn brings fear, not relief as the land that Oma expects to see is nowhere in sight. The sea is flat now, and the sky has turned from grey to the bright blue of the rich people's cruise pictures. The brighter the blue, the bigger Oma's thirst. Oma's legs cramp from being squished in one position for so long. She tries to move them around. The woman next to her pushes against her. This is my space, the woman says. We're all in the same boat, Mother tells her. 
Behind them, Komen laughs. He and Oma have heard their mother say that a million times. When the power went out, when the taps ran dry, when the sandstorms blasted, and when bombs fell. This time, we really are in the same boat, Komen says. It's the sort of humor he likes. He smacks Oma between her shoulder blades to make sure she appreciates his wit. Oma shows great maturity and does not smack him back. She tells him his joke is funny, even though it isn't. The dinghy floats without traveling. A few young people start to sing. Some old people tell them to knock it off. No one wants to hear it. The young people remind the old ones that music is a gift from God, and if they don't want to hear it, they are welcome to go somewhere else. The young people sing a song Oma knows, a song about freedom and standing together. You can get thrown in jail for singing songs like that. Oma hears the former mayor yell at them. That's why we are all in this boat, Mother says, because we are tired of living under governments that are afraid of songs. The former mayor shuts up. The singing starts again. Mother whispers to her neighbor, and the neighbor passes Mother's message along. After a few more passes, the message reaches the singers. They sing, Happy Birthday, to Oma. She has been 11 years old for 10 hours and 15 minutes. As the day goes on, Oma's throat gets drier, her stomach gets emptier, and her bladder gets fuller. She looks and looks for land. She doesn't see any. She turns to her mother to tell her that she has to go to the bathroom. But her mother is sleeping. Oma doesn't wake her. She is 11 now. She should be old enough to figure things like this out for herself. But she doesn't know how. She does not want to wet herself and look like a baby in front of her little brother. But from the smells around her, she guesses that this is how others on the boat have addressed this problem. Dress in layers, father said before they left. I heard they won't let people take luggage on board, so wear everything you'll need for the trip. That was fine in the cold, dark night, but the sun is now making Oma feel like a too big bread roll being baked in a too small oven with too many other bread rolls. Oma is completely consumed by two opposite urgencies, the need to take in water and the need to get rid of water. She has been 11 years old for 13 hours and 22 minutes. A ship! It's a ship! Oma is jolted into alertness. The dinghy unsettles in the water as people turn and try to stand to get a glimpse. The wind has come up. The boat does not need any more rocking. We're going to be rescued! We're going to be attacked again! Use your arms! Paddle toward them! No! Paddle away! The rocking gets worse. Oma hears a cry as the boat tips and someone slides out and into the water. Arms stretch out to grab the person, but the sea takes the dinghy in one direction and the overboard person in another. Oma thinks she sees a spot of orange life vest, but just for an instant. Then the waves take over and she doesn't see it again. 
Now there is crying, as well as screaming, and more boat rocking, and more arguments between the settle down and the do something folks. Oma finds herself being jealous of the people who were in the row the overboard person fell out of. They have more room to move now. She hates herself for having these feelings. It's getting closer. Now there is panic in the dinghy that the bigger boat won't see them, that it will plow right into them and send them all tumbling into the sea. Oma feels her father's hand on her shoulder. Keep calm, he says. We think better when we're calm. We'll be all right, Coleman says in the voice he used to try to convince everyone he was brave when their town was bombed. I'm the swimming champion in my grade. I'll save us if we go in the water. No one is going in the water, says Mother, in the same voice she uses to say that no one is going to eat the cake reserved for company. She checks the cord around Oma's wrist and then her own, tells Father to do the same with Coleman, then sits up straight, ready for what comes next. This boat is a yacht, bigger than the boat belonging to the thieves. It rides high out of the water, but not so high that Oma can't make out the people on the deck. They are holding drinks and wearing bright colors. The yacht comes very close to the dinghy, but does not hit it. The waves made by the moving boat add to the waves made by the wind, and three more people slide into the water. By making a human chain, the people in Oma's dinghy are able to pull one of the people back on board, but the ship turns back around again. Two more people disappear in the waves. Help us, the dinghy people call out to the people on the yacht. They call it out in English and Arabic, French and German and Italian, in all the languages the dinghy people know. Go back to where you came from, yells out one of the yacht people. They sail away, leaving the dinghy bobbing like a cork in the wide, cruel sea, going nowhere. Oma has been 11 years old for 15 hours and 32 minutes. Oma wakes up to a dark, cloudy sky. She realizes that she wet herself while she was asleep. She feels humiliated, certain that everyone knows. The waves are much higher. The wind seems to be blowing in many directions at the same time. A huge wave hits the dinghy, so huge it drenches even Oma and her family, sitting in the middle of the boat. We're sinking! Get the water out! Oma sees people trying to bail with their hands, tossing the sea out of the boat, one handful at a time. Another wave hits, and another. Seawater soaks through the many layers of Oma's clothing. The sea gets rougher, the sky gets darker, and Oma has been 11 years old for one million years. Oma is belly down in wet sand. Pain is in every part of her body. Her head is full of fog and her throat is full of grit. Something pulls on her wrist. She thinks it is a thief come to steal her arm. 
She thinks it is one of the overboard people pulling on her to save them. She tries to pull away. Alma, Alma, it's all right. Her mother's voice reaches her through the fog. Slowly, painfully, she turns her head. Mother is beside her on the sand. Beyond her, Alma can see other people. Some are on the sand. Some are dragging themselves out of the water. She sees her brother and father among them. She raises herself up. Her left ankle buckles under her, so she leans against her mother. She takes a step into this new world. She is 11 years old. I was anxious and uneasy when I read this story for the first time. Unsure, like Oma, of what would happen next, what would be the outcome. Deborah Ellis's spare but masterful use of language creates one riveting scene after another that pushes you towards its powerful ending. I let out a deep breath at the end, and my head was filled with words that were unspoken. Today's passage was the story Rubber from the book Step, a collection of short stories by Deborah Ellis. It's published by Groundwood Books. Thank you for listening to Passage to Wonderland. Until next time, rest easy.